Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> it's time for the Luke and Peter. I just shouted a really naughty word at uh, producer Finn. Luke uh, is w- with me. It's a Monday. Hope yeah. you're feeling good, everyone. I'm the eponymous Luke in the Luke and Pete show. Yes, yes, uh, please. I'm feeling all right. You feeling okay? I'm. F- I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm looking all right. Another week in. I'm feeling with that. that. <laughs> Another week in paradise, Pete. Another week in paradise, baby. Baby, baby! I, uh, we're gonna go on and talk about some of the subjects, but, uh, for the Luke Pitcher. Some of the subjects! Some of the subjects. And, uh, Luke said, I'm gonna probably need some more stuff to front load the start of the show. And, and I reacquainted myself with Deer Shedding Velvet. Um, we're going straight in with that. We're going straight with that. I reacquainted myself with it. Because and it's disgusted me even more than when I first looked at it. And your threshold for disgust is very high these days, mate. Like I am horrible, almost as high. Your threshold for disgust is almost as high as my wife's. (laughs) Mine's like kind of living with me. Mine's kind of like uh, I'm at like fracking levels of disgust now. I've, I've I've got no disgust left in me. I and think I'm just sort of tr- you're just trying to find just do little mini explosions and try and draw it out for me. Your level of disgust is now so high; it's a bit like continental drift. Like we know it's all of us know it's happening, mm. but we can't really observe it. Yeah. It's like evolution. I used to be a whole man like Pangaea, and then just broke off into like just just disparate bits. Oh mate, I can imagine how many bits um, you uh, you are kind of broken into now. Mm. I reckon probably. I mean, how many continents are there? North America, South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, Australasia. Mm. Probably count Antarctica. So there's seven. I'm the Galapagos Islands. Yeah. I'm just in bits. You're Lonesome George. Just... <laughs> Is he dead now, Lonesome George? I'm going to look that up. Who's Lonesome George? He was the George. last surviving tortoise. Oh, well, of, he'll still be around, won't he? Um, of the old Charles the old Darwin <laughs> trip. Oh, no, he died in 2012, mate. Oh, fuckings. That's awful. That's I mean, awful news. I think it's a bit... Personally... I think it's a bit embarrassing. Mm. And fair enough, he was the rarest creature in the world. Mm. You, can, you can have that, George. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. I think it's a bit embarrassing. The world's most famous tortoise, a species in and of themselves are, that are known for their longevity, mm. and he's only turned up for 102 years. Bar off, mate. Some Give of, us a 200-er. Some of it, at least. Yeah. We've heard about an octopus that has never died. Yeah. yeah. And that whale that's 400 or some shit. Well, there's 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 um the green the Greenland shark which mm-hmm. lives for hundreds of years, mm. and there's a bowhead whale which lives for hundreds of years. Um, there's there's apparently the Greenland shark. That, I don't think it's been absolutely um, observed, but based on the study of it, that there's there's reasonable evidence to suggest that the Greenland shark can live for five hundred years. That's incredible, isn't it? That's I, can you imagine how much derision uh, it would have for the Gen Xers of their lives? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like oh a, yeah, like a shark. Like the shark, shark's going, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Gen Xers with your with your lattes and your avocados. What you talking about this century? No, three centuries ago. In the green, Those in, ones. The, in the green shark world, the young ones aren't pissed off with boomers for the mm. housing market. They're yeah. pissed off with Elizabethans. Yeah, they're like they're just like, oh, 
Oh, you, fuck off the spinning Jenny generation. Yeah. Piss off the Industrial Revolution pricks. Do you, do you want to... <laughs> smogged up the fucking world. Smogged up the world. Do you, do you want to know what the record is? Thames got loads of boats in it. For, so apparently, as of July 2020, mm. marine biologists have reported that aerobic microorganisms, so mm. I guess that means, and I'm off the... Yeah, I'm off the reservation. That means, I guess, small, very small organisms that use oxygenated right oxygen for for, res- mm-hmm. for respiration whatever whatever it whatever might. it uses yeah guess what they're the longest living one as lives to and um, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of extra information they live 226 feet below the sea floor in the pacific ocean they're the ones that get high off the old sulfur and stuff they can just withstand everything unconfirmed all right yeah like the extremophiles we were talking okay, about yeah, yeah. guess how long that that those organisms have, have, have lived for two honey 200 what 200 years. You want to be a little bit more ambitious? 50,000 years. 101.5 million years. That's too much. It's too long. He's lying. Yeah. He's like that. Uh, I remember watching a TV show on ITV, like a, like a, a breakfast TV show, where I misheard uh, how long a, a juggler had been juggling for, and I thought he was legitimately 500 years old. <laughs> how old were you? He was like a man with a moustache and a jester's costume. How old were you? For some fucking reason. I was a four. Okay. Or five or something. And yeah. he came on the television and they said, he's done 400, 500 dates over, over the last, you know, appearances over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I took that to mean he's 500 years old. I was like, that guy is 500 years old. Fuck. And juggling keeps you young. Yeah. <laughs> he's still had a proper 80s tash though, enjoyably. Um, what about um, trees? There's been trees observed to live for 14,000 years. Too long, yeah. baby, too long. And there are some other fungus, I think, that have lived for sort of 40-odd thousand years. Ooh. But if you're talking actual animals, well, yeah. listen, uh, li- listen, mate, if you want to talk about aquatic animals, you want to talk about the glass sponge. Right. 10,000. Disgusting. Disgusting. That's a whole new world to me, because I, I, th- I think if, before I'd read all that and before we'd done this kind of show, if someone said to me, you know, look, what do you think the longest an animal can live for? Mm. And there's probably a little bit of a debate around what's an animal and what isn't, but I wouldn't be thinking it'd be that long. No, too too long. Is it that you can't even... I'll deal with 100 years of your life. I can't mm. be asked for the rest. It's a nonsense. You know, what were you saying before? Um, well, two things. The trees won't live very long if people keep hammering fucking uh, coins into them. Oh, in yeah. In Scotland, isn't it? Uh, yeah, wish, a, wish trees. What's that about? It's a big Is fashion. that a new thing? It happens in the Lake District as well. What? So people just turn up with a little claw hammer and they hammer in coins into trees and kill them. Is that how they're doing? No, I don't, yeah, I don't, they're I don't ham- think they're hammering it in. I don't think they're killing them. No, but they, they say it's damaging uh, the trees, they say. Yeah. They do look badass, though, when there's loads of them in. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen, I saw the best one I've seen would have been, for those listening who are familiar with that part of the world, the, the base of Aeroforce, which is a, a nice kind of Lake District peak to climb. Mm. Um, there's a felled tree there. Mm. Really, really long tree trunk. Yeah. Meters long. And it's full of coins. Amazing. All the whole thing. I reckon if you... I reckon, I've never heard about it. It's a bit like lock on, a, on an Italian bridge or a French bridge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think if you, if you got all the money from that one tree trunk, <laughs> I reckon you'd have about four quid. <laughs> Which is not bad. Yeah, not bad for a day's work. Yeah. Um, no, you talking about deers. I was talking about deers. Now... Are you familiar with deer velvet? Not really. It's an adorable, um, fluffy sort of membrane that covers the deer antlers, the male deer antlers. Oh, for, right, okay. For a very small window every year. Are those antlers made of hair? Well, it's keratin, Generally, isn't it? Yeah, keratin, it's, yeah, keratin, okay. yeah. It's very strong. So like a fingernail type yeah. thing? Yeah, okay. so, so for a few, 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 um, uh, few weeks or whatever, months uh, in the year, uh, this kind of like soft velvet uh, appears 
over the over the uh, over the deer's antlers, and it looks lovely. It looks really fluffy. Lovely, yeah. It looks like an extension of their heads. It makes their antlers look less aggressive. It looks, it looks a bit like they got the antlers from John Lewis. It does, yes. Yeah. Or a silver. It looks like the sort of Sylvanian family's Family kind of yeah. skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but when. Uh, when for when the antlers grow uh, bigger and bigger, there something astonishing happens. Something disgusting happens. Basically, the velvet just explodes off the top of their spiky antlers, and it's there's blood and guts, like and it blister. looks it looks like the it looks like the uh, deer has been like just absolutely been scrapping like you would uh, you would oh not my believe. God. It's just like this rotting flesh coming off the top of these deer antlers. And it goes from being the most adorable thing in the world to the most disgusting thing in the world. Google shedding velvet deer. It is so violent looking, but it's a natural part of um, just the, the, the deer shedding its doesn't uh, velvet. Doesn't hurt them, no. Doesn't hurt it. Doesn't hurt it. I've, but it looks horrible. It looks like it's been ra- ran through an abattoir. I think I've seen that. L- and I think I thought from a distance it was just that they had... Because you know they put their twig, they put twigs and leaves in their antlers, the stags, to make themselves look bigger. Right, do they? So it's like a mating ritual, I think. So oh. they'll, they'll dig their, their antlers into the brush to, get a, to make the antlers look as big as possible. I thought they were just doing that, but it right. might have been that. So you could make like the, the toughest um, deage by sticking a big afro wig on it. Just massive hair. I think if you would have just assembled twigs and grass and branches over your head yeah. as a younger man, mm. you would have been much more virile. <laughs> I mean, if that's people, possible, people wouldn't discount it. No, it's completely impossible to be quite frank. Yeah. yeah so give that a Google people. Cause that really shocked me up there with elephants with boobs, to be quite frank. Awful, awful stuff. Well, actually not even just limited to elephants, like a load of different animals suddenly just appearing with boobs. With boobies. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and the, um, the, the old, um, remember we had that chat about why you never saw a T-Rex penis or balls? Mm, yes, that's, and, that's, and, yes. And the whole point is just, I think, or with booze, I think the whole point is because lizards are different, basically. Yeah, they're, lizards they're, are different. That's, different. A, that's what the emails came in as. Yeah. Pete, Luke, <laughs> no, I saw that on Blue lizards Planet. Are different. <laughs> lizards are different. <laughs> just David Attenborough said it. Um, <laughs> can I just tidy up a bit of admin from last week's okay. shows? Yeah. Um, we had some final results in our Linda Lusardi versus Hitler sword fight poll. Mm-hmm. Linda ended up with 66.2% of the vote in the end, so good on her. Well done, Linda. A consistent performance, actually, because at the time of recording, I think she was about 68. 66, 66, yeah, yeah. So she didn't yeah. actually lose too much no. of the vote. Um, and um, the other piece of admin I wanted to say is that um, I completely forgot to say a couple of weeks ago, you know, I went to the US mm-hmm. and um, you asked me what I did there and I told you a few things that I did. I didn't tell you that I went ice skating, right? Oh, right, okay. And that's not that interesting in and of itself, mm. but I was with the in-laws and they're all like natural born skaters. So mm. my wife does regular ice skating sessions down near where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, her brother played, went to like state championship of his ice hockey team at, mm-hmm. at college or whatever it was, um, maybe high school actually. Um, her dad played ice hockey till he was in his fifties. Mm. Um, and so what I'm trying to get at is that like, it's okay to be bad at ice skating, but it looks worse when you're the only one there. It can't do it. It's basically, they like can't going, do it really well as well. It's like going yeah. swimming with, you know, Adam Peaty's family. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite into, I'm quite a good I'm, swimmer, I'm, but I, I can't skate. Right. I'm quite good for me. Who's been skating about four or five times. I reckon I'm all right at it, which is which. What does that What does that look like in reality, though? Can go backwards. Can you? I can go backwards. But that's actually decent, right? I, I can do a little little pirouette if I need to. No, you can't. I can do. A how little did you pirouette, know how to do mate. that? Roll a disco. Is it the same thing then? Yeah, same thing, isn't it? Just just with blades on your feet. 
and more jeopardy if you and fall more jeopardy over. If you fall do, you, do you go with the full? If you if I said to you, right, we're going ice skating in a minute, and mm. here's some elbow pads, some knee pads, and mm-hmm. some good ice skates, you're away, are you? Yeah, I'd have a lovely time. Do you have elbow pads and knee pads? I don't pads? know. I just think no, you might want them for, for protection. protection yeah. Yeah, speaking of roller um, booting, mm. roller skating, you call it? Yeah, not I think roller I had, blading. I think I had roller. I think I'd roller boots rather. Than, it was yeah. a, it was kind of like a seventy disco kind of Saturday afternoon roller disco for the kids. Where the kid, uh, you know, when I was sixteen, I would just go around. That's a bit old for it, isn't it? <laughs> well, maybe not that not old. Then, yeah. Maybe about fourteen. You know, it's sort of going round on a going round and round round while they play. Sort of. Um, I got the key. I got the secret. That's nostalgic for me, and I didn't nice. even do it. It's nice. Yeah. Um, the reason I say that is because. Millhouse Leather friend... Centre. That's where they count all the votes. Where? When, when they find out Millhouse Leather Centre, that's where they count all the votes. They got Hartlepool's declared. Oh, declare for UKIP again. Well, oh, you whizzing by behind them in a roller boot, <laughs> yeah, exactly. putting your fucking ballot in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Screech into a halt. But a guy, a guy, a guy I live with at uni, Richie Scottney, great guy. Um, he is an editor now for Sky Sports. Uh, he, right, he's okay. a cracking fella. Yeah, I lived with him for at uni for a couple of years. He um, he was massively into roller hockey, which I didn't even know was a thing until I met him. And it's a so brutal, like, brutal sport. So it's a little bit like. Um, yeah, like ice hockey, but with rollerblades, presumably. Yeah, no, yeah. roller boots. Roller boots, yeah. Okay, right. Um, that, and it, that would that would interest me more because you'd be more still. Are you allowed to take the gloves off and start wailing? I think so. But he did. He, I mean, he was a. I'll be honest. I mean, he won't mind me saying this. I'm mean, sure he's not now, but he was a fighter, right. and uh, he was also he went into his boxing and he was tough. Right, and he had a massive scar on his, uh, uh, on his nose and kind of mouth mm. from a roller hockey dust up. Right, okay. So I think it can be quite brutal. Can get a bit tasty. Yeah. With 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 people who play um ice hockey into their fifties, do um sort of the more mature leagues, and I'm sure your your father and all probably correct us, like uh, do do you still do you punch and punch each other in the face? Nah, it's not really a thing. I don't do it in college right. hockey either. No. It's only in the NHL. So right. so when Larry was playing, he was playing with uh, when I saw him, he was playing with Mimi's brother. So mm. it was like an all ages team. Right. Okay. Um, uh, he, I guess he's just good at it. And so he was able to do it. And he was still in pretty good shape. So uh, there was a mixture of different ages. I, right. I would say it's probably like um, it would be like having a five a side team where you would, you know, you'd actually have a team, but it's mm. just, just five a side basically. It yeah. was basically like pick up. Right. Like I see. Hockey okay. basically. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, um, and the other thing that's interesting about that is um, roller derby, which is kind of a bit of a subculture, isn't it? I cannot. It's always. Um, Mates, uh, female mates who have tattoos, just really into that. Very punky. And then every every weekend they're just damaging themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think it's quite but brutal. I don't know what the rules are. I, I, I've watched a bit of it. I don't know what it's all about. It's just people pushing each other over uh, and hurting themselves. So really. one of the, one of them tends to have a star on their helmet, which means they have to over the, and they have to lap the other team. Right, okay. Uh, but then, you, you, and your team has to support them mm. by stopping the other players and stopping the other person. It's horrific. <laughs> it's quite brutal. It's, it's really brutal. And, and one I've seen, I saw a video of it where the, the, the rink was banked as well. Yes. Almost like a, like a velodrome, mm. which is quite quite cool. I was, I was, uh, I went for a walk, gone all over the houses here, but I went, went for a, um, a dog walk uh, around Haddonley Castle. Uh, and around the back of there, there's like a park, and a lot of it was used for the 2012 mountain biking and stuff. Oh, cool! And I was skipping down the uh, the the rocks and stuff. Well, going. that's the I legacy mean, the is, Olympic I mean, Committee wanted. Exactly, it, yeah. yeah. Me skipping down there, going, this is easy. Yeah, <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it quite quite um, steep? It was just really ba- like loads of different rocks and stuff. And I was like, God, they will have had to have meticulously put this kind of route together and stuff. And it mm. goes all over the place. And it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you would not want to go down there on a bike. That's ridiculous. I'd Absolutely like to, I think ridiculous. We would all like to I see think you. We would all like to see. Yeah. Well, you know, have you got a mountain bike in the garage? 
No, I haven't. No. Just take your skill. Take, uh, take your moped down. It. That'd be mad. Um, by the way, before we go to a break, I wanted to ask you about because we mentioned this on the football ramble late last yes. week about you going to Clive. Was it Clifton House or Cliveden House? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where yeah, is yeah. it? Clifton House. Clifton House. It's where the Profumo affair happened. Huh. Where Keeler and them got. Where caught. is it? It is in near Maidstone. Um, stunning kind of just just big house where I wonder if lived. I wonder if that's the hot. That's the the hotel that the ITV team for the Euros were staying in because they were staying no, in a hotel near really? Maidstone that's great no that would be I mean that would be throwing money at the problem there but yeah well, I mean, it's, an, it's an incredible bit of work but the um, the I'm obsessed with the fact that some car drivers get away with just having like four numbers on their uh, on their plates yeah, you can have any. You can have any approved number if you personalise. No, but this is like it's just numbers, just threat. Yeah, you can do that. No, you need letters in there, don't you? Nah, nah, you do. Do you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so, so my point is, Guernsey number plates. They don't have MOT. They don't have road tax, but they have this kind of like numbering system where how do they even get like, the cars here? Well, exactly. So one, it's a, it could be like one, one, two, three, or one, four, three, and that's your whole registration plate. Right. And it's black plate, silver letters. It looks really badass, and that's why rich people put them on their Rolls Royces because it's you know really it's unique. Classic. And it's classic. Um, but I was like, really, I was, I was like, why are they allowed? Why does everyone else have to have like you know either personalised number plates or my classic DU sixty seven or give something? It out. Why? What are they going to find out? A driver, a Fiat. <laughs> But you might get, get advanced number plate recognition and you might get a parking fine or something. Oh, shit, yeah, maybe. I don't know how that would work. But, um, yeah, they, 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 a situation where um, they're allowed to import, they're allowed to have them in, in the country for, like, six months and they've got, got, got to get rid of them or re-register them as a car here. You're not allowed foreign number plates, I realise, after a certain period so of time. When the, when, the, when those kind of wealthy Middle Eastern guys bring mm. their cars over to just hoon around Mayfair yeah. once a year. Got to take them back soon. Is that what they do? They yeah, just literally like taking your car on holiday, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And there are companies that do that. The guy next door to me, I, I think I said before on the show, that he that's his job. He sort of moves cars around the country and, and beyond. Yeah, but around the country is easy enough. Yeah, it's easy enough. Just drive it. Oh, it's designed no, for you it, put it, it. No, you put it on the, you put it on the truck. You, don't, you, you would not interest someone on a long distance. Well, I was You're going to drive like an F1 car down the motorway. Do you know what I was reading the other Let's day? When I went to the airport to go to the US, we parked in the in the official Heathrow Airport parking. They're planes, mate. They don't need registration. Oh, yeah, yeah, they fly. Like, you would not believe what they get up to up there. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe the range. No, um, and I read that... Um, so what people do, because Heathrow parking, if you don't book it in advance, can be quite expensive. Right. So there's lots of... There's like a, a kind of other industry that's grown up around major airports where you you basically hire or you rent or you buy a big piece of land mm. and you set it up as a car park. Right, And you yes. just charge cheaper, cheaper fees, right? Mm. They all look, a bit, not all of them, but some of them look a little bit kind of ropey. And I was, I was reading, I don't know how I got onto this, but I was reading that um, what a lot of those car parkers, parks have been found to be doing is they just use them as like, well, they know when you're going to be back because you have to give the information, mm. and they just use them as their own private car. Lots of people reporting that their mileage has oh, it's gone, gone up massively. way up because basically some little scrote in the car park's like, well, that's the best car here, so I'll just have that for two weeks, and just taking it home. Oh, so they, so you? why would you not just take your car on keys, though? Why no, would you hand you, over the you, keys? Because you can you valet, valet park and all the rest of it, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, that is... Uh, naughty, isn't it? <laughs> that is naughty, but and it's a, it's a high-risk manoeuvre, one would say. Imagine if you crashed it. Yeah. I, I miss the whole... Um, I miss the whole sort of match day parking. You don't see that as often enough anymore. I like kind of just, it'll just be some bloke who's got a, like a back garden that's quite large. So that ha- weirdly, that still happens a lot in Twickenham. Oh, right. Okay. Outside the rugby stadium. Yeah. Nice area around there. And people, I've, I've seen time and time again, because uh, my wife and I go 
we go walking on the river quite a lot. That's really nice run mm. there. A nice summer's day, you go for a walk on the river and you have to go through that part of Twickenham to go wherever it is we want to go. And on a, match, a rugby match day, I don't know mm. it's about rugby, so I have no idea when the games are playing, but I guess if you go there on a random Saturday, there might be a game on. Mm. There's people with little cardboard signs up in their posh houses, in their saying, posh houses saying, saying like, you can here. fit two cars here, 30 quid an <laughs> afternoon or whatever. They do. There's an app that's quite good where it's like... Uh, you can rent out people's front like drive or whatever. So if you've got like a two car drive, mm. um, you can just get an app and you just find one closer. And, and, and there are so many people doing it. It's ten a day or whatever. Do you think people listening are enjoying this? Car no, no. Look, if, you've, if this is the first show you've come to, the first episode, we don't do that much about cars. We've had, we've had look, we've had shedded velvet. We've had why are this? Before we go, to break, I would like to go back to the car park chat. Thank you. Okay, sorry. Why does every new car park you park in require a different fucking app? There's like a million competing apps. I've got like seven different apps I'm on just, my phone. I'm just pay by phone. That's all I use. Yeah. That's the one here. I don't want to talk to anyone. Ring what? Ring them up and go. Ugh. No, pay by phone is the only app I've ever had to use. Yeah. No. No. I've, in in Southend, there are five different competing companies. I must be lucky because Dulwich Park, where I sometimes drive, and here that's a go by park or whatever. Yeah. It's pay by phone. That's wild. Absolutely pay by wild. phone, baby. All Absolutely right. Wild. Listen. Um, if you're listening to this in the car. And you do park in a minute, make sure you pay. Uh, it's not our fault if you don't. No. Let's have a quick break. When we come back, we are going to do some emails, of course. I'm actually going to do one about um, a man on a cycling trip. I bloody enjoyed it. I don't no. know if it's true, but it was <laughs> just great. So we'll do that. Um, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back just after this. We're back at the Luke and Pete show and your emails. Luke, do you want to kick us off with your aforementioned cycling one yeah so regular listeners to the show will know that I put a little uh, line at the top of each email just to remind myself what it's all about and this and then I revisit it later and I always get entertained by it because I'm someone who likes to please myself um, <laughs> Liam Roberts and his mates have a time of it on a cycling trip is, is the title of this email mm-hmm. so we'll let Liam pick up the story he says um, what does he say hearing your show on Monday last week talking about Ian Botham walking a steady four miles an hour followed by your chat about TV in which contestants had to stay awake for as long as they could, reminded me of an ill-fated night when I was a student on a cycling trip. Cast your minds back to 2012, guys, because this is when this takes place. Liam says, in 2012, for the summer, two friends and I cycled to Amsterdam from Dunkirk, the trip taking a few days there and back. All round, it was a brilliant, brilliant time, but the end was a horrific tale of endurance. Have you heard the story, Pete? No. On the final day of Sunday, we had around 120 kilometres to cover to get our ferry at 4am, which when you're sleeping in a tent and waking up at the crack of dawn didn't seem too bad for the amount of time we had. Fast forward 70 kilometres, we'd ridden, we'd stopped for a few bevies, and we on the outskirts of the town of Ostend, Belgium, around 6pm. Three hours cycle from the finish at a steady pace. So, so far, so good. Okay. This is when one of the riders' axles broke on his back wheel. At first, we didn't think it would be a problem. I rode to the town to try and find a bike shop, but nothing was open as it was a Sunday, so I rode back to the group. Next, we tried to look for a train, conceding that we might not be able to make it. No trains on a Sunday, no buses either. In the end, at around 8pm, so eight hours before the ferry, Mm. we decided that we were going to have to walk it. We calculated that if we walked four miles an hour for seven and a half hours with a few ten-minute sit-downs, it would be achievable. (laughs) This was very much the Belgian beer and student delusions of invincibility talking. We set off, two riding slow and one walking, taking it in turns to spread the load. One of the group had a speedometer and planned to let us know if we dropped below the speed. It wasn't difficult to start with, but it rapidly got worse. (laughs) 10pm, everyone started to flag from the beers and the exercise. 12 midnight, puncture on one of the bikes, no more inner tubes, no time to stop. (laughs) 1am, last bike gets a puncture, so all three are now walking. (laughs) 1.30am, run out of water. 
Oh, no. 1.45, music player breaks, leaving the song Hats Off to Larry by Dale Shannon on repeat, or just silence being I the would only options. I very much like to know what that song goes Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he could tell you. 2am, decided to discard tents due to weight. <laughs> this, is like, this is like the last diary of like a yeah. lost group. 3am, uh, starting to hallucinate that I was in the Truman Show, I felt like I could see cameramen, and I was spotting holes in the set thinking the trees were made of polystyrene. 3.30am, one of the group injured a leg and is trying to hobble at four miles an hour. 3.45, wrong turn. 4am, ferry leaves. 4.01am, our arrival. Oh, well done. Not only had one of the most exhausting days of our lives, says Liam, the entire reason we had done it was not achieved despite being so close. We then weren't allowed to stay at the ferry port and had to sleep outside next to a power station, no longer in the possession of any tents, with a keen fox regularly eating our leather bike seats in the night. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just like insult to injury. The next day we had to fork out for new tickets to return home, including every train ticket back to Bristol on the other side because we missed all the trains. All round a bad day, but a great trip. Uh, All the best, Liam. That is one of those things where you make decisions that don't seem that bad on, at the time, but just suddenly make everything worse. Yeah, I, I just don't know how... I mean, axles you can't really fix, but I mean, it, it, you can reinflate tyres, can't you? I mean, you can sort that side of things out. How would you out. have done it, mate? Uh, probably would have driven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably got a train or something. I mean, I, I, I won- Horrible. I won- Horrible situation. I wonder if the hitchhiking thing was an option. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we didn't say what year it was. Um, has hitchhiking got safer? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if you can do it anymore, can you? No. I, I um, When I was living in New Zealand, I don't think I've told this story before, I um, I went back to, we went, I was living with two mates, mm. and we went, we'd been out on the on the booze, and like quite late, about 1.30 in the morning, um, I ended, we ended up heading back, and those two, my two mates wanted to go to get a bit of food or something, and I just headed straight home. Mm. When I got back, I went into the flat, and um, I and it was summer, and I basically stripped down to my boxes. Yeah. And then I heard the next door neighbour having a bit of a booze up or whatever. And I, mm. we, we knew him. And so in my box, I was drunk. I, I, I knocked on his door. And it was I mean, just him, him and his mate. <laughs> and he said, oh, um, oh, yeah, we're having a few beers. You know, you join, bring the other lads. I said, oh, we're not here. But please put your trousers on. No, and, 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 and I, I said, oh, yeah, I will. Um, I'm just going um, to get, get some clothes, clothes back on. <laughs> As I said that, my front door closed. Oh. And I was locked out. Oh, dear. Right, that's it. now, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I was like, "Oh, right, great." So, I'll um, I'll um, buy some clothes from you. And he was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it." And, and, and anyway, we were just chatting away. We were drinking, so I was just just chatting away in my boxer shorts. It's not as bad as it sounds. I was just in my boxers, and that's you know, I was yeah, young, dude, drunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I thought I heard my mates, mm. right? And so I went back out the ha- that flat. And that door closed, oh. and his music was so loud he couldn't fucking hear me again. And he just thought I'd gone home because he was pissed. So I stood outside in my fucking box, and those boys didn't fucking come back for hours. Right. So I sat outside my front door. Did you have a little sleep? I, I was nodding off, yeah. Oh. But it gets quite cold when you get to about 4am, no matter how hot it is. <laughs> yes, it's fucking it's... disastrous. Absolutely disastrous. Look, that's horrific. What yeah. a horrible story. So again, a horrible story. But luckily I didn't, didn't burst a puncture of a tyre or anything. And then... So. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then all that lovely um, all that lovely velvet fell off your horns yeah it did Ooh. it did um, right let's uh, have one from uh, Andrew hello Andrew uh, hi Luke and Pete uh, Luke's chat about his first experience smelling a skunk spray uh, made me think of the skunk smell and scent associations in the mid 80s my dad had a kidney transplant after the su- successful uh, transplant he took the medication cyclosporine uh, daily to prevent kidney rejection. I always thought the medicine had a distinct smell, but I never found it unpleasant. Years later, 
I realised that what people referred to as skunk spray smell was the identical smell my brain associates to cyclosporine. Uh, people would say, a skunk must have died, the odour is strong, and I would just think it would smell like Dad's meds. It took an embarrassingly long time for me to make the connection that there was the same scent, but I never thought of it as foul because my brain associated the smell to keeping my dad alive, not smelly rodents. <laughs> That's what memory association do to you. Love the show, uh, Andrew. What a weird association. Would it be really that strong, though? Like the I, don't really, I don't really have any experience of medication smell of anything. Banana. When you're a kid, remember the banana medicine? Delicious. Oh, yeah, that like, cowpole type thing. Yeah. There's a very distinct... I mean, you're, you're jamming it up your nose, so you're going to know, aren't you? Um, uh, Beckonese has a very distinct sort of smell. Yeah, but I, th- I, I would have thought for some kind of anti-rejection medication, um, it would just be tablets, no? I don't know. I don't know, how you would, I don't know how you would take it, to be honest. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be a, a bottle you huffed. I'll tell you what, if you were taking medication that smelled like skunk spray... That You'd be, be like, hard. that's good stuff. Yeah, That'd sounds like hard. good stuff, doesn't it? The um, I remember Intel, uh, Intel, uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, sort of inhalers for asthma in the eighties. You to taste fucking disgusting. Like, it just used to properly taste like rot, and I hate it. I think it. I had a go on a couple of my uh, mates when I was a kid, and it didn't do very nice. But did you? Did your mates used to do that with you? What you used to go on your inhaler? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It is weird. I couldn't really work out at the time, and I probably still can't, how it actually works. What do you mean, as in, like... What does it do? Uh, well, there's two kinds. One will be preventative, one's uh, to keep on your person if you Yeah, but what does, it, what, what does it actually do? So, I mean, I don't know how it actually, actually activates, but... How, how is spraying a lot of weird, really weird cold powder down your throat helping you? <laughs> so, it one's a muscle relaxant. So, the one you're talking about there, if you... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. yeah uh, bit of experience for those, <laughs> right? One's a muscle relaxant where, um, obviously, the, the tubes are, like, really tight. And your emergency one is just to sort of relax those pipes that are being irritated by, um, you know, dust or dust whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, being irritated. because it tightens up when it, when it gets irritated because it tries to flush it out. How many tight tubes have you got in your body? Because your bum hole was tight. <laughs> yeah, I know, well. right? Yeah, I just need a bit... Need, I needed the reverse one for that, really. But, yeah, that just relaxes it. And then there's also a preventative one that tries to get rid of, tries to um, get rid of all of the um, crap that's in your lungs. Uh, uh, so, so there's two, two different kinds. Remember that story of that Russian guy who had a little tree growing in his lung? Oh, is that true? Yeah. Is that just like... What, he inhaled a seed by accident or something. Just come on. Is that I, th- really I think that? he did. Come on now. That you get a lot, sounds... of, a lot of oxygenation. <laughs> um, um, Pete, what, um, when you were in 2012... He doesn't want it, it's a tree. <laughs> when you were constipated for the whole... True. When you were constipated for the whole 2012, mm, yeah. when you only had four poos in mm-hmm. the whole year, kind yeah. of the year... Mm-hmm. What was the actual problem? There's a spider in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. On Let's that note, we should here. leave. We should yeah. leave. Oh, we'll no, get to the bottom, that. pun intended, of your constipation issues another time. All right. We will be back on Thursday for more of this nonsense. We'll do some battery brands. We'll do some other bits and pieces as well. I'm sure it's going to be lots of fun, so make sure you come back then. And it'll be September by then, Pete. Can you believe that? Fuck off. I, I, well, I wish I could, and so do our listeners. <laughs> Hello at LukeandPeachy.com to get in touch on the email, at LukeandPeachy on the socials. We love hearing from you, so please do get in touch, and we will speak to you soon. is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.